Jeff's Jeff's Wonderland. And welcome to the Wonderland, your one-stop shop for groundbreaking theories, entertaining verbiage, alternative speculation, amusing conjecture, and any other big words that I can think of that might sound quasi-impressive. My name is Jeff, with a G, and it probably will be for quite some time. I'm an Australian singer, songwriter, piano entertainer, part-time comedian and podcaster, amateur barista, sleeping enthusiast and someone not to be trifled with. Because, to be perfectly honest, I do not like trifle. As a dessert, I feel it is highly overrated and I usually opt for a chocolate mousse or something involving strawberry, mango or passion fruit flavouring where available and where appropriate. And while we're on the subject, dessert is something that I believe we don't really need, but that we often find we have room for, regardless of how much we've already eaten. Now, in my opinion, it is for that reason the most mystical of courses, and thus I suppose it's best not to ask too many questions, but just to eat as much of it as we can while nobody's looking. And that's enough said about that. Now, whether or not you have been counting, this is episode 97 of The Wonderland, and we're just one more episode away from the end of this season, after which we'll all take a few weeks off, rearrange the furniture, change the towels in the bathroom, accidentally look at ourselves in the mirror, and wonder if there's any point in continuing on with season 7 of the show, and then come back, of course, with season 7 of the show. If only because we can. Which I find is pretty much the best reason for doing just about anything. Anyway, it's now time to kick things off with the first of our show's regular segments. One in which essentially I tell you what I think about something. And then I will either suggest a creative and attractive alternative, or just have a whinge about it before I go back to cleaning up the kitchen. Yes, it's the much-vaunted, hugely anticipated, and invariably disappointing theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm gonna tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to theory time. Now, there was a reason I used the words disappointing and anticipated in the introduction to today's segment, because I want to talk about that whole thing and why mathematics matters. I want to start by making the very broad claim that the vast majority of things in life that we anticipate end up being somewhat less satisfying than we expected, and that this is almost entirely our own fault, given that expectation sets us up for disappointment. And yes, I have mentioned that on a show previously, which is a disappointment you might have expected. The good news is, though, that mustering up a bit of positive attitude and letting those expectations go usually results in what I like to call the triple S, a.k.a. the surprising surplus of satisfaction. Anyway, I digress. Many years ago, I was having a conversation with a friend who was studying mathematics at Bergen University in Norway. During the conversation, I made the point that Playing music for a living suited me 
because I'm lousy at anything requiring academic discipline, let alone mathematical skills or proficiency, and that I felt maths was really only important if one wanted to be a scientist or an engineer or a doctor or a dentist or, you know, one of those important people who make lots of money doing clever things. She then went on to explain how mathematical principles affect every single element of life, whether we realise it or not. And she did it in such a way that I was absolutely gobsmacked. But unfortunately, to this day, I can't quite remember everything she said or even how and why this explanation of hers was so convincing. Nonetheless, the conversation gave me a new view and an appreciation of maths, and even though I can't explain things quite in the way she did, I can occasionally see how there are checks and balances in areas of life which might seem completely random, but which are very much governed by empirical laws. Anyway, I think it's interesting enough to take a risk on. And so, at the risk of making myself look like an idiot, I think it goes something like this. Let's say you have an event to go to. Could be a party, it might be a business meeting, it could be an interview. And depending on how you feel about that event, you will mentally approach it with anticipation or expectation or fear or dread or excitement or maybe even a kind of a detached apathy. Now the event is, at that point, an unknown quantity in terms of whether it'll be good or bad, but in your mind you have already subconsciously assigned a value to it either positive or negative, which will fluctuate depending on how things actually go once you're there. Now here's where I think it gets interesting. Just as your expectation of the event has a value, your expectation of the event also has a value, which will fluctuate dependent upon the value of the attitude you maintain, i.e. positive or negative as the event progresses. Now once the event starts, all of these pluses and minuses come into play not least the positive or negative value you've come in with, but the value of what everybody else has come in with as well in terms of attitude. This will ultimately create different final scores of the value of the event in the minds of all of those who participated. Different because everyone at the event came in with their own attitude value and their own expectation value, which was then further compounded by their own experience value of the event. And it's not just pluses and minuses either. Interaction with other people at the event often creates multiplication and division of feelings and impressions, etc, etc. And don't even get me started on square roots. Anyway, look, I realise there's an excellent chance that all of this sounds like gobbledygook to a lot of you. But hopefully you'll get an inkling, as I did, that mathematics is not the irrelevant, boring old fart of a school subject that we thought it was but one we could actually employ to help us with everyday problems. If most of us could only wrap our heads around it. This is what I know. Theory time. And if my calculations are correct, that's it for theory time for today. And I don't think it'd be too far wide of the mark to call for some kind of cleanser at this point. So let's shift our brains back into low gear for song of the day. Today's offering comes to us from none other than me. And this is a tidy little track recorded a few years ago in Germany during the sessions for the No Man's Land album. To be quite honest, I've got a feeling that I might have already featured this song on a previous episode, but for the life of me, I can't find any readily accessible evidence of that. So, 
Anyway, my apologies if I have, but here we go with Out Through the Indoor. I'm in the mood. 
that was Out Through the Indoor from my recently re-released album No Man's Land, which you can hear, along with all my other releases to date, on any of the music streaming services. Incidentally, if you look for the song online, you'll find it listed by the record company as In Through the Outdoor, which is a bit weird, but there you go. Well, I think the time has come on today's show where we look for yet another change of pace. A little bit of levity, some comic palate cleansing, and something guaranteed not to make any sense at all. So let's look no further than our brand new episode of Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Well, Kevin. Well, Kevin. Jeff Healy, it's always, always a pleasure to be back here in the land of radio waves. Oh, look, more good times. Kevin. Exactly, man. And now that we're, you know, well and truly into season six, I think we've got some really, really hot topics to get off our respective chests. And I believe well, you have one for us. I today, do have Kev. something. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I mean, the whole world has been, I don't know, somebody, somebody developed the very first soft clothes something or other. So now it's like your doors, okay. your fridge, soft clothes for a long time, actually. But the toilet seats, that's, yeah. that's a fairly new yeah, one in the last yeah. 10, 15 years. Oh. And it drives me crazy, man, because every time I think there's a soft closing toilet seat, I'm like, oh, I just let it go. And it's like, bang. And it just about deafens well, me. Well, that's and exactly what happened to me. I don't know. Like you were just reading my mind, apparently, because I was at Skipper. Oh, and I, man. you know, with the soft clothes, I try to. Okay. I give them a hand sometimes because sometimes they're really slow. You know, I think if somebody's coming in after me, whatever. So yeah, yeah, sure. So I give it sure, a hand. Sure, you know, sure. but I did this at Skipple, sure, sure, sure. and for God's yeah, sakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I slam the toilet seat. I thought I was going to break it. You could, I could hear people go. You know, it was so loud and ridiculous. So I've, I've learned that I have no control over myself anymore. I don't know how to, should I soft close? Should I leave it just open and walk away, and everything's going to close on its own? Or you know what I mean? I mean, children do that all the time. They, you know, I can they don't care that it would close. They just walk uh, away from things. Oh, it's well, going to be closed. Oh, look, mom and dad did it. Look uh, at or, that, see? Exactly. <clears throat> or, or, or if they're Norwegian, they'll just slam it anyway it because that's what Norwegians do. They slam doors and they slam this and they slam that. You know, how often... Now, I'm not wanting to digress too far, Kev, but how often have you been in a public toilet in Norway, in a bar, piano bar, let's say, and you've locked the door... And you can tell the doors lock oh from my the outside. God. You can tell because that little round red thing's there. And someone will grab the handle and try to open it. It's like, they'll, and, they'll and it won't open, door. but yeah. they'll keep I've trying. It's in like a few what? countries, actually, yeah. I'm thinking, exactly. What was the first clue that it didn't open? Yeah, yeah, well, you think probably. It's maybe malfunctioning. It's a malfunctioning the first door. would have no. been that. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe someone's inside, someone's in there. Do they ever stop to think that somebody, oh my God, can you believe somebody was using the bathroom when I wanted to get in? I was well, trying Jeff, to open the door and nothing from would the happen. Same thing. I they thought could that be was maybe... Soft, soft clothes disorder. You know, they could. S soft clothes... Mm, soft. Is that anything to do with soft clothes disorder? Like, I've got a really nice sweater on at the moment, and it's deceptively nice because, no, seriously, I bought it the other day, I got it off the rack, and I looked at it, and I was like, you know how when you're a little bit suspicious, you sort of half-close one eye? And you give you it the one eye, you as go, we say, you mm, give it the one eye, the hairy eyeball. Yeah. I gave it the one eye. I gave it the hair eyeball and I touched it, but it wasn't really hairy. That was the thing. It was like this lovely... So I thought, there's got to be a catch. And I looked at the price. It wasn't expensive. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm waiting for it to, you know, spontaneously combust while I'm wearing it or something. But I don't know. Something's, something's oh up God. with those soft but clothes. I, but I wasn't Kevin, talking about soft clothes. I was talking about like soft clothes. Seats. 
No, I know. No, but 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 don't trust the soft clothes or oh, the soft is. clothes. Don't trust either, because you never know, Kevin. As you've just in Skipple, I love the way you say Skipple because it sounds yeah, like skip to the loo, my darling, or something like that. You know, I had a bit of a Schipple, Skipple but today. But I think and, some people, yeah. it's actually they pronounce it Skipple. I thought it would be, be Shipple, but that's too close to Shittle. <laughs> No, no. I think. And I'm a particularly not a great fan of the airport, so I like to call it shithole. <laughs> uh, yeah, or maybe even shithole, you know, which could work as well. Well, which is really close. But if you say it quickly, then people don't get that you're being really disrespectful to some architect who built that monstrosity. Really. So what if you have to take a shuttle to shithole? Well, <laughs> shuttle. Shuttle to shithole. And what if your name is Shickle and you have to shuttle the shuttle? Mr. Shickle, your shuttle for shuttle is ready. <laughs> no, we've got several shuttles, so we have to shuffle the shuttle, get the right shuttle, and take it to Shickle. What if, what, if, what if Mr. Shittle, uh, no, what's his name? What's his name again? Uh, Mr. What's Mr. Name? Shickle. 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 Mr. Shickle was, uh, was, uh, was shucking. Was he shucking? What, what, what if he was... Ah, look at... Yeah, what, no. So he what was if shucking he was while I was shuffling shucking. the shuttles going to Shittle. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I think it's a, it's a question for the ages, Kevin. I think we'll leave it to the ages to figure it out. Um, I think we should. We, I think we will. Which age in particular? Jeff? Well, which one? Any would that particular be? age that comes up before any other age that not that's not quite as much fun. Um, we were talking about soft closes, were we not? No, soft clothes, clothes. Okay, here's a thing, Jeff. Here's oh, okay. Can what you is tell the me? plural of clothes? Well, that is plural, is it not? Clothes is plural. You can't say clothe. <laughs> Clothes. Clothe. So, and if it's not a, if it's, it's one a it's article of clothing, cloth. it's a, it's a it's cloth. Not, what you, no, somebody it's not comes a cloth. out and they're wearing it's only a cloth. A cloth. No, you tell them to go get to get clothed. But what am I going to clothe myself? <laughs> Is it a clothe? There's yeah, no. They, they just didn't want to be plural. They didn't want to be plural that day. And that's why we should all be naked. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. You'll be getting more good times from little Kev and myself on the next episode of The Wonderland. Now, I think many of us occasionally find ourselves wondering whether the sheer amount of information out there nowadays on social media, podcasting and the internet generally has done more good than harm or more harm than good. Well, despite all that wondering, I don't think we're ever really going to know the answer because I think it's changing all the time. So let's stop wondering about that and join me now as I wonder about something else not entirely unconnected on today's episode of Jeff's Thought of the Day. And welcome to Thought of the Day and I'm going to cut right to it. Curiosity might have killed the cat. But I think it can rescue the cat as well. Now, what the hell does that mean? Some of you may be asking. Well, let me answer the question with another question. And it's this. Is having so much information so easily available to us on things like Wikipedia making us more curious about things or less curious about things? I mean, we are curious creatures, aren't we? As in inquisitive and we do seem to be curious about things in our personal backyards, particularly the people around us, our partners, our families, our friends, our colleagues, our politicians, and so on and so on. Sometimes with very good reason, and quite often for no good reason at all. 
Many of us are curious about other stuff as well, though, which is one of the reasons that people generally like to travel. And so I think it's just in our nature to be like this. Sometimes our curiosity serves us, and sometimes it doesn't, depending on just what we're curious about. But it does seem to me that like a child who wants something so much more if he or she learns that he or she can't have it, the value of knowledge about almost anything rises and falls with the availability and the accessibility of that knowledge. In other words, if it's something that's easy to find out, we're not quite so interested because anything deemed easily available is automatically less attractive and considered less valuable, less important, less interesting. So let's rewind 50 years from now and consider how things were back in 1973, when if you wanted to find out something that fell under the heading of general knowledge, you would usually have to go to a library and look it up in an encyclopedia or some other type of printed reference book. And the problem with that Depending on when the book was published, the information could already be out of date. Not really a problem we have so much these days. Anyway, it seems that what we're learning now is that just because the information is there and freely available and quantified as fact slash truth, it doesn't mean that it's going to get into the minds of the people who really need it the most. A classic example, perhaps, of being able to lead a horse to water, but not being able to make it drink. And on top of that, we have the rise of the conspiracy theory, a mere drop in the bucket 50 years ago compared to what it is now. I mean, sure, there were crackpots with crackpot ideas and theories back then as well, but they had no way of spreading them that was remotely comparable to what we've got now, courtesy of social media and the internet generally. So there you have it, folks more free and factual information at our fingertips than we've ever had in history, and at the same time, a global population which seems to be getting mentally lazier and more ill-informed by the minute, simply because it can. And what does curiosity and a dead cat have to do with all of this, you might ask? Well, given that curiosity is such a strong human instinct, almost always organic and non-compulsory, there's a chance that it might indeed be able to bring the cat back to life. That is, if truth and fact can once again become the object of our curiosity. Here's hoping. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And on that optimistic note, we bid farewell to Thought of the Day and our episode for this fortnight. Thanks to Little Kev for being once again the indispensable voice of reason on our Good Times segment, and to all of you for listening. We certainly hope you all enjoyed today's show. For now, though, it's time to say farewell. Have a great two weeks, and I hope you'll join us here again real soon on the next episode of The Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland. Gotta come back to